Hello, everyone, and welcome to Thrifters Villa, a podcast for resellers and entrepreneurs. I'm Daniela, and this is another Thrifters Villa reunion tour. And today I have Ashley with me. Hi, Ashley. Hello. This is Ashley's thir- third, fourth time. Fourth time, maybe? Third. I don't third? know. I, I don't know. Think, I don't know. I think I thought it was third, but you know, maybe it's the third funny. time. It's, it's gonna. <laughs> Who knows? But Ashley's Ashley's a frequent flyer here because we love her. And um, this episode, though, is specifically geared towards that first interview that we did a few years back. And we're just going to sit down and chat about how things have changed for her in a reselling business, maybe things that she's gotten rid of, what her perspective is on all that, changes that she's made in life, in business, all that kind of fun stuff. So grab a seat, my friends. We will see you at the table. First of all, I am so excited to talk to you because I feel like our DMs on Instagram have been so brief lately. And it makes me kind of sad. <laughs> we need to change that. I know. Well, I mean, you're enjoying life, which I can't be mad about. You've been having so much fun the last few months. I know. It has been good. I can't lie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. I'm just living vicariously through you <laughs> as you travel and do all these things. Um, but I'm sure we have some new listeners who have no idea who you are. And before we get into that, I'm just going to apologize ahead of time. Just a little disclaimer. I'm using my phone and my AirPods because my computer is just not cooperating today. So if the audio is not great, sorry, I'll do my best to edit it. Um, but anyways, give the, the listeners a little insight as to who you are, how you get into reselling, and then we'll kind of take it from mm-hmm. there. So I think, man, with COVID, the years, I might even be off. I always <laughs> underestimate how long I've been reselling. I say the same like, thing, oh. too. I'm like, I've been reselling for three years for the past three years. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, I think I've been reselling for now. It has to be four or five years now. Actually, I think four. I think we're coming up. It's been four and a half-ish years now. And I started just thrifting stuff like everyone else. And... Then I moved on to online sourcing and stuff. And that was around like year two or three. And I built it up to a six-figure profit business and such. But that is when a lot has changed over the past year where now I definitely am not making as much as I used to. I think I'm making like half the amount now. But again, so much has changed. I'm focusing a lot more on community, relationships, life and all this such. So I kind of have the same kind of starts when it comes to reselling as everyone else, but this is where the shift is happening. So I'm glad we're like, like you said, talking about this now, just because as we're talking about beforehand, just like everything has been changing, but it's like for the better. And I think it's important for a lot of people to hear. Yeah. And so when I first was introduced to you, you were like, I mean, you were killing it. There was like no way, like you were doing so well and like the sourcing and the selling and like you had so many different avenues of giving out information and and like you you were a legitimate six-figure profit seller. Like that, there was no lying. Ashley, like would share numbers and stuff, you know, like that's what you were doing and you were go, go, go all the time. Social media content, everything. I mean, you did all the things and it's impressive by all, like, it's definitely, and you still try to keep up with that stuff, but I think there's a reality to it. And we were talking about this before we started recording that it just gets to a point sometimes where you just have to take that step back. And even though you are still reselling, at what point in your journey did you realize, like, I don't know if I can keep up with this pace anymore. It honestly, like, I want to keep up with it, but it's just not something where it makes sense with my life now with what I want to put more value yeah. toward. Um, I thrive off of go, 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 go. So that's why I did it for so long because I can't, my, my natural tendencies do allow me to work at that kind of pace, but it became taking a step back and realizing, is this actually healthy for me? Like, should I keep doing this? Because it's so easy for me. I was like blinded by like what I should actually take a step back at. And it wasn't until I started working with my life coach and um, broke up with my boyfriend at the time that I was able to take a clearer look at what I was doing, what I want to value more. And 
it was last year that I did that. I think we talked about this on the last episode I was on, um, but it's only like continued to go from there. It's all the different like vacations I've been on have allowed me, is has really been like the turning point. Um, those are like the different places where I realized, okay, I want to take a step back. I really enjoy where I'm at in this moment when I've been traveling and I want to continue this more and also continue it forward into my life in every aspect. So and that involved reselling and taking a step back and not necessarily like I want to be making good money still. So there is still work involved, but just realizing that I can two different things. I can take a step back and it's okay if I'm not making as much money because it's still good money and fulfilling me in different ways in my life. But also I can take a step back and still make good money by keeping up with processes that allow me to make the same or maybe just slightly smaller profit without putting in as much work. I think one of the things that you've always had in place, and and I know that you still use now, is having people assist you in whatever way, whether it's a virtual VA, you know, in-person VA, whatever Mm -hmm. that is for you, you have that in place so that you're now able to do things that maybe you mm, didn't do because it just didn't make sense. Like, I want to be there. I want to be involved in everything in the business. Like, this is me, hustle over time. And I think that's important, you know, to put out there that you can create a system for yourself where you can take the time off and you can enjoy life and you can do all these things, but it takes time to build those systems as well. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, I think, I mean, monetarily wise, it can take some time, but I like to encourage people that even though it can be really daunting to get help, to know if it's really the right path for you with money, you always have to remember that majority of the time, getting help is going to improve your ROI. So even if it seems like on money, like I'm not making enough money now, well, you will be making more money by getting that help. So it is really scary at first, but once you put that into perspective, you can see that it can be worth it. So that's always like what I like to encourage people, especially with like the virtual assistance. That's always such a really good, easy way to start because they're pretty affordable, they're easy to find. And that's kind of like, I feel like getting a virtual assistant is such a good little like, way to dip your toes in and then you kind of almost like me getting the travel bug you get like the assistant bug where you're like oh wow this is so nice I have so much more free time and then you start looking into all the other ways that you can get help so yeah. if you're kind of nervous about getting help like get a virtual assistant first it will open you up your eyes to what taking something off your plate does for you and then you just want to do it for the rest of like everything in your life like I, even when I was in Bali like getting your laundry done there is so easy I'm like oh my gosh I want to figure out a way to like just do you have <laughs> and she stares at her laundry here? in the corner <laughs> <laughs> yeah because um it's just like when you start off putting so many things in your life you're like wow this is actually so nice like yeah so, so what I, I always for laundry explain to me I mean it's really easy like you just they'll have little shops on the street and they have like many of them you don't have to walk far and you just like take your laundry to them and they they price it based off kilogram. And so they weigh it, you get this little ticket. They say, come pick it up tomorrow. You leave, you come back and then you just pick it up and pay. And then you're they, like, they wash and dry. Even if you don't want something to be dry, they'll like hang dry it, they iron it. They give it to you all like packedly folded up in a little bag. And it's like so cheap. It's like $5 for like 10 pounds of laundry. <laughs> That's crazy. But it's true. Like those little conveniences in life really make a difference if you're able to find ways to to put them in. I also want to know that Ashley has a full-time job outside of reselling. So like if you're listening, you're like, well, how is she able to travel and do all these things and cut, you know, she's not making as much money and she can still do all this. She does have a full-time job. Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, at this point in time, like where I'm at, I am so thankful that I have not quit that job. (laughs) Imagine if you did like the last couple of years when you thought about it. Yes. Oh my gosh. So I mean, maybe things would be different. I'd probably like my perspective again would be different just of how much I need to like work to pay off my bills, but it is really nice not having to worry about that. Yeah. And I mean, your job is pretty flexible too, which I think is really nice. It gives you, right. You have like, and I think that's the beauty depending on what your full-time job, if you're a full-time worker, uh, like I am too, it depends on the flexibility of that job. Your job is super flexible. So it gave you, even when you were super into reselling and, you know, really hustling with it, it gave you the opportunity to like go out and source, work on things for the business, like do your photographing, do your listing, where 
I can't do that. Right. Like yeah. <laughs> I'm in an office. <laughs> it's not, I mean, I, I could, I'd get in trouble, but you know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. it doesn't really work that way. So, you know, there's everyone's circumstances are so different and, um, yeah, I just, I just like to see the evolution of people throughout the years. And, and because you do have a large presence on social media, I mean, that that's not a lie. You do, you have a very large presence. I think seeing people evolve, I feel like people struggle with this, right? When you see a larger seller evolve over time, you almost start to feel like, can I still relate to this person? Are they still going to be mm. adequate enough for me to like, listen to and like can I still trust them for the advice and it's just because a reseller is changing the way they're doing things doesn't mean that the things that they're putting out there still isn't relevant like you still might find value in the things that they say that makes mm-hmm. sense yeah and I think it's a hard thing because I know I've taken a big step back too compared to previous years but like mentally when you're constantly going because I'm like you I gotta keep going I can't stop I don't know how to stop but when you force yourself to really take that step back it just puts so many different things into perspective and you really really get to focus on the business and in like a such a, like a specific I don't know about you I'm gonna speak to just myself here but like I can narrow in on things and I've really perfected certain processes and I've really perfected the way that my sourcing and the things that I want to sell and like even the way I source, like if I walk out with three things, I'm thrilled because those three things are so worth it to me. I'm mm-hmm. not like trying to build up and have all these things. You know, you know, it's just, it just really opens your eyes to what opportunities are out there. Mm-hmm. No, completely. I feel like when you're so go, 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 you don't allow space in your mind to reflect on other things, to see things from different perspective and to make those changes accordingly. So I definitely got into that rut probably two years ago or sometime last year in the beginning of the year where I was just, there was just so much of everything and it was fine because like things were selling, things were moving. I could source a ton. Um, I was like working in my office, like till dark and I was never home, but you know, once things kind of changed and then I had that space to think about it, I was able to kind of like see things a little bit differently. And it's funny that we talked about this because so I, I did like a card reading in Bali. Ooh. And um, one of the things um, I didn't really ask, I told him I want to talk about career a little bit, but there were other things I wanted to talk about. But we ended up talking a lot about like business. And one of the things that he said was like with my business, I'm specifically... I needed to not change things um, and not like change how much effort I'm putting into it, but have a different perspective on it. Um, So that's something I've been like reflecting a lot about. He's like, you know, just have a different perspective of how you're doing it. Like don't change it necessarily, which I'm still trying to figure out what exactly that means, but I think it's so valuable. (laughs) Yeah, it is pretty Maybe it just means that you change the way that you're selling certain things, or maybe you're changing the way that you're creating those revenue streams for yourself. Like maybe it's not necessarily the product. Maybe it's just the way that it goes out to the consumer. Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of have been working on that like already. And that's kind of like one of the changes I'm having with my business. It just, it's a lot more specific um really like mirroring down the type of things I'm sourcing even more in terms of like category style and like the price point of things and stuff like that and that's another reason why I haven't been sourcing a lot one because I don't exactly have the capital to right now but also right now if I were to source it would probably be better for me to thrift or something but I don't want to have that affect my goals of what I want to be selling in my closet if that makes sense because the stuff yeah. I want is going to be a little bit more costly. And right now I just don't have the money to buy it. Um, and I don't want to sacrifice like putting things in my closet that would change that. So I do, my goal right now is I lift like two items a day. And I have, I had like a bunch of items I had sourced prior back in June where I have enough to do that for probably another like week and a half. Um, so I'll, I'm kind of just taking a day by day where I'm like, okay, when that, I don't, I'm not, I'm not even thinking about but if I run out, run out of items in a week and a half, I'm just like, when the time comes, I'll figure it out, figure it out. Yeah, but I think that's also, so let's go back to sourcing and then, then we'll continue that conversation. Okay. So what does sourcing look like for you before you started to make these changes is like how narrowed in you want to be on what you're selling? Mm-hmm. 
So before, and the, the reason why I also haven't been super open is like, I had gotten to a point with like sourcing where like, I really don't spend a lot of time on sourcing. I found a way to make it like really efficient for me. Um, and, but with that, it would be pretty widespread of what I was sourcing, if that makes sense. It was like, okay, I'm spending less time sourcing. So therefore I am just sourcing more things that aren't as narrowed in. Um, so before in the past, I would do sourcing, you know, either in person at like stores. So there was like a lot of, I basically put myself in situations where there was a lot of different things, but I wasn't being super specific of like, okay, I want yeah. this brand of this style. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I was able to pick up things in a smaller amount of time. So that saved, um, it was more efficient, but essentially I have some of those items that like aren't selling or something like that. Right. So now I'm being a little bit more specific about items that I know are going to like that sell fast for me. That are the styles I want to sell that kind of give me a little bit more cohesion into my closet and really narrow in on like a specific target audience versus just like, I used to be pretty like widespread mid range designer, you know what I mean? And now I have mm -hmm. like, I feel like I have a specific type of um, like buyer that I want coming into my closet. So. And I think that's the evolution of reselling too is yeah some people stay in that range forever they stay whatever their category is and they're happy with being an everything seller or they're happy selling I don't know Hawaiian shirts I don't know naming random things right like so everyone has their thing that they like to do but I think as you grow and as you evolve as a seller you start to pinpoint okay this is what really works for me and I could go out and start sourcing a bunch of this other stuff that yeah can sell but is it really worth my time to get it you know, photograph it, list it, store it, all those kind of things. And it's not going to ultimately get me to that goal of what I really want. And like, these are like the really hard conversations that all resellers should be having with themselves. Um, but they're not easy conversations to have. Mm -hmm. And I think a big part for me to say why that no longer works for me is it, it did work for me before in the past. I mean, when I think about how much money I was making, like obviously it was like working and stuff like yeah. that. Um, but the big difference was that I was my my goals back then were a lot more large scale. I was wanting to have a ton of inventory, you know, the office space. I wanted to have a ton of employees. So that involved having a lot of inventory. And so that made sense. Now I really want to cut back. And so therefore I don't necessarily I don't even want to say have the luxury to have those items because I'm making the personal decision. I could be like having larger storage and stuff like that. That's just not what I want right now in life. So in order to cut back an amount of inventory, in order to have faster turnover, smaller inventory, I can't necessarily just like hang on to things that will, you know, sell eventually. I want to know that they're going to sell and be a quicker turnover with like the profit that I want. So of course, every now and then you're going to have items that like take longer to sell, but I, I can't just like bank on that at this point in time. Yeah. And you've alluded to it a couple of times. And I mean, I know some people have listened to the podcast. They know that you had an office and mm -hmm. what, what made you make that decision to be like, mm, I, I just want to be back in my home selling these things. So I realized I'm the type of person that doesn't do well when I have to go out places. Like I'm actually a person that works better at home. I like the work-life balance with it. I find that if I have to go to an office, I'm more likely to not do the work because I'm like, I don't even feel like going over there. So I'm more likely to pop into a room right next to me every now and then and get something done because I know it's easy versus like, oh, I don't want to go into my office today. Okay, I guess I can just like wait to do that like two days from now or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it just, and another thing came to like the cost of it. Um, I was like, okay, I know I can, I know if I can make the same amount of money without this expense here I mean also another factor of it is the case that when my boyfriend moved out I had to take on the additional amount of the apartment here so my finances were just a little bit tighter at that point too so money and then time and again just like the lifestyle I want to be living with a little bit more freedom and flexibility it doesn't involve an office so there's um I feel like I would do the same thing like I the thought of going to work, coming home, and then having to like get myself together to then go to another space to work. I would do it once a week. 
Like that, yeah. that's what would happen. I would do it once a week unless I absolutely had to go more than once and I'd have to force myself. And then I would probably be there until all hours of the night. Because once you're there, you just gotta keep going. You can't exactly. stop. Because I don't know yeah. when I'm gonna come back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's just, I mean, I'm fortunate that I can have it in my home and it's out of sight, out of mind. Like no one can see it. It's in its own little space. Um, it's not little. I have I have a very large space where I can do that. But like when I was doing out of the apartment, that was not the case. And it was very overwhelming. And so I understand that everyone's circumstances are different. And sometimes that's the only option is you need some type of storage space to get it out. So you don't feel so suffocated by it. Um, but I'm with you. I don't think I'd go ever. Mm-hmm. I know. I'm just like, and I literally I walked, like, I don't have to drive to my office. I walked to my office and even like the seven, like the five minute walk. I'm just like, I don't want to do it. And also like, I mean, I live in a city, like, it, you know, I've, I had like a scary experience. Like I thought like someone was like, following me into the office. Like there's no one really in my office. It's pretty alone. Um, so things could happen. I think I even went, I went up one time. It wasn't a big deal, but this guy was sitting my office. I'm on a floor that has like a main, like kind of central area. Then there's only like four other rooms and literally no one's ever in them. So I go up there and there's this guy sitting like at this office, like eating like a lean cuisine with like a suitcase and stuff like that. And he goes, Oh, I'm so sorry. Is this yours? I was like, Oh no, it wasn't. Um, and he's like, oh, okay, it's okay if I sit, stay here. And I was like, yeah, it's fine. I think it was just like a homeless guy that had gone in and was sitting there and had taken someone's food from the refrigerator and was like eating and chilling out there. Um, he was, he was harmless. Like he wasn't, he didn't even really yeah, look homeless. But, but still. I'm so sure. Like that was the kind of environment that I was in. Um, and so I just, yeah, I just didn't really need to be there anymore. Um, luckily, I finally paid off the last month of it. So I don't need to pay it anymore. Thank God. Because... I don't have the money to pay it right now. Um, yeah. so it, it also, being in the city, it was a lot. I mean, there I probably pay yeah. like two to three times the amount of what other people maybe in like a suburb or something would pay. So that's another like factor as well. Like it could be worth it to ha- get a space if someone's looking to having a space if you know, those are your goals still and the price isn't as expensive maybe, but and, that, and if that's the kind of work that you enjoy doing is going out. I know some people are like, I do better when I go out to an office. I just, I'm not that person. So everyone's going to be a little different. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just interesting that, you know, cause you're not the first person that I've talked to who has gotten rid of offices or has gotten rid of Mm -hmm. extra spaces that they had and they've just brought it back into their home and they find that they're more productive at home doing the stuff than they were when they went somewhere else to go do it. And I just think it's kind of like working from home, right? Some people can do it. Some people can't do it. Like there's people in my office who are like, I could never do that. And never, mm-hmm. never work a hybrid schedule. And then there's other people who are like, no, when I'm at home, I get so much done that I would never get done in the office. There's, I just think it just depends on how your brain works. <laughs> but yeah, the other 100%. thing that you were doing too was live selling. And are you still doing that? Or have you kind no. of backed off since you don't have the office anymore? And like, so let's talk about that transition. Cause you, when you came on and talked about live selling, you were, you were in it. Like you enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. It was a great extra way to make income. Where was that change for you from you really loving it to like, I don't know if this is really going to work for me anymore. So I think I was always holding on to like the growth of it and a lot of reflection as well came into when I see like what this would look like at its best do I want that and like yeah the money would maybe be okay but like again like I a couple of things like one I hate I think I I always hear you talking about this on the podcast like I hate like having to turn on for it like because like normally Mm -hmm. like I won't lie like I don't know sometimes I might seem like a bubbly person like internally all I want to do is just like rbf it and just like sit down and like not talk to anybody. i was just gonna say <laughs> yes you're bubbly but like when you actually get to know ashley she's like a pretty quiet like keep to myself yeah. leave me alone like, like just let me yeah. do my thing kind of person <laughs> yeah so like i just like don't like just show up like once twice a week you know and like have to turn myself on and also just again like again having to show up i'm like i'm a pretty like lazy i don't want to work i just want to make money type person i just want to travel <laughs> i want to enjoy life And like that is just like not that. And so when I realized that like, it's never going to be my goal, it's kind of like, what's the point of continuing this? And I I was doing it to clear out a lot of stuff. I've luckily cleared out a ton. I still have some left. um, But unfortunately, 
I mean, I do love giving people deals, but like, I just can't be losing so much money, especially when I am not in any capacity to be losing money right now. Um, so unfortunately, I just can't do any right now and just continue to lose money. Because um, I was I was starting pretty low starts and it was working out fine at first. Um, I was having some inventory that would offset it. But then, you know, most of the time you do live sales and they get better. I was doing live sales and they just were getting worse. And I was starting, I was going from like, making a couple hundred dollars and that was that was perfect for me i was just happy to get rid of the stuff and a couple hundred yeah. dollars to um losing a couple hundred dollars each show and that was not okay um so that's why unfortunately like i just can't continue them anymore at that pace um i'd rather figure out other ways to do it and that's not to say i might i'm never i'm never, I'm never gonna say never because it is right. a good way to kind of like you know oh okay i need to like pay off like an x amount of something maybe i'll have a show and just be okay because even if I'm losing the profit, maybe I really desperately need the cash flow or something. But at this point, I'm just trying to figure out other ways to do it. So, yeah, live selling, it's not going to be something that I want to do long term. So, you know, it's great for people. I see so many people do so much success with it, they love it. Um, I know you had Sonia on your last podcast, like, she's the type yeah. of person that, like, yes, like, that is for her. <laughs> Like she knows how to market. Like, I don't want to market myself. I don't want to like, that's, I just, that's not what I want to do. And I think I've said that multiple times, but there's like so many different, like small businesses you can have so many ways to make money just because it's a part of reselling. Doesn't mean that you have to do it and make it a part of your business. And it's just yes. not what I want to make a part of mine. That is like one of the first things that I said when live selling came out was why does everyone have to jump on the bandwagon and think that they have to do it? Like you don't, you don't have to do it. And it's, why put yourself in that situation where you feel like you have to do what everyone else is doing and then you try it and you hate it, but you feel like you need to keep going with it because everyone else is doing it. And it's like, but if it doesn't fit your needs and it doesn't satisfy you and you feel like it's a chore, why? Yeah, exactly. It just doesn't make any sense to me. And yes, Sonia is like, she's a marketing girl. She's a social media girl. So like it works for her and she's mm -hmm. found a way to do it. That's very inspiring. But I didn't leave that conversation saying that I'm going to do a live sale tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? That yeah, it's happen. like, it's just so different. Like, I mean, if someone was like, if everyone just started like selling calendars on Etsy, would you be like, oh my God, I have to go do that now? Like, no, it's totally different. Like, you don't have to do it. You know what I mean? Like, it's just not, it's just so different. So you really have to like, everyone needs to like take a step back and see if that's what they want to do because it's a totally different kind of business. Like even when I was doing live selling, like how I was sourcing for it, just like the type of like promotions you want to think about for it. Um, the type of like way you want to engage with people, like your goal with it. Like it's a very, you do want to think very long-term. I feel like when it comes to live selling and since I knew I wasn't thinking long-term and I would just show up and be like, this is my item. And like, I don't blame people for not caring because like I wouldn't either, but it's just like not as engaging and like, it's not what people want. So I just feel like I'm not what people want when it comes to live selling and that's okay. And I'm just like, I have other ways to make money that I'm figuring out. So that's where I stand with it right now. Yeah. And I, I think it works for some people because A, they have the personality for it. B, they just really enjoy like the idea of styling people or they just have the following. Like sometimes that's all it comes down to is you just have the following and people just want to watch you or you have a customer base, right? Maybe it's the customers mm -hmm. that have no, maybe you were, I don't know, an influencer of some sort and now you're live yeah. selling. So now you've got that base coming in. So like, Yes, that totally works for that crowd. But I feel like it's just that I feel like everyone I talk to is like, there's always this push like, Daniela, why don't you do live sales? I'm like, because I don't want to. Why <laughs> yeah. isn't that good enough of an answer for everyone? I don't want to do it, period. Like I just, the like I have to deal with people all day long. Like I don't think people really realize how exhausting that is when you're like the yeah. go-to for a lot of projects. You're the go-to for staff. You're the go-to for administrators. Like you're, constantly on right like that never shuts off so now I gotta come home I gotta get pretty I gotta go in front of, the, of my phone right, you're like, and then talk to people no I don't I love talking to you guys on here but this is different you don't see me it's my voice yeah. <laughs> and it can be my authentic self here you know because we built that relationship the people I have on we mesh well together but it's like and then the price point, like you bring up such a good point. The way that I source, the way that I do things, live selling wouldn't work unless I had that customer base that buys from me organically were mm -hmm. to come into that show. 
And the chances of that are much lower than my item yeah. being seen by that buyer. Yeah. And that's just kind of where I stand with it. Like I, I have a price point that I want to make. There's a dollar amount I want to make. And yes, live selling could do it. But why would I put myself through that? To maybe hopefully get that customer to come in and stay throughout the show to get that one piece. Mm-hmm. I don't do it. I don't shop live sales. So I'm going to Google what I want, click on it and buy it. Like that's how that works for me. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's, I think at this point with like live selling, it's so important for everyone to remember. It's like, it can be a very good thing to get into. Just reflect to see if you want to do it. You know, you're either, mm-hmm. I think there's so much money to be made there, but again, you don't force yourself into it. So I think when it comes to live selling, have your own ideas. Don't let anyone say it's good or bad. Just go in with what you want to think about it yep. with your own mind and act accordingly based off that. Yeah. Just be your own individual person, period. Do what you want to do. <laughs> Always. Just, Always. just do what you want to do. Um, okay. So we're going to go back to like the whole listing thing. What does that look like for you now? What is like, what's Ashley's day in the reseller life look like for you compared to like what it was before where you were, you were pretty strict and pretty regimented in the things that you did. Yeah. So before, like I was sourcing continuously. So I would be getting new inventory all the time. So I'd be processing inventory all the time. Like I was always either like photographing, I would have like, you know, 40 items. Like my rack would always be full. And so that's why I was always processing items. I'd be listing about five to five a day. But now I list like two items a day. I right now I'm not sourcing. I literally have no items to process at this point. So like straight up, if you ask me what my like reseller life has been like the past two weeks, I'm like, I literally haven't done anything. <laughs> I um <laughs> I, I'll ship. I ship my items. I have an assistant that comes and ships. Um, usually most of the time I'll like like when she was when she was here and did like storing last, if I have a batch of items or a couple items that I sourced. Maybe it's like 20 items at a time. I'll photograph it, measure it, put it away for somebody to store. She comes and stores it. And like right now I have about like 20 items in my Vendu drop. So I just drop like two items a day. I have somebody like who sends out offers. I do have to look at my partial VA and see if I can edit that so I can just get that automated versus having an assistant do it um but that's pretty much it like I straight up I mean it's kind of so it's kind of nice even though I'm not making money like I'm really not working like so it's kind of nice um but ideally if I want to talk about more so which would probably be more helpful about like what I want to get to um once I have stuff is continue to source um probably list about five items a day um get to a point where you know I'll be sourcing throughout the week get everything up and inventoried and then have an assistant come measure, photograph it, store it away. Um, and then her ship it out once or twice a week. And then I'll just like ship out the other and then pretty much just keep it like very like in a maintenance type, um, consistent mode, like not trying to like increase the inventory I have, just make sure my turnover is really good about what I have. I would love to get down to like two Ikea, um, systems. I want to like get rid of all my shoes. I like don't want to be sourcing shoes anymore. Um, and yeah, so pretty much like a really, and like when I think about it and how I want that process to be, it's like very mellow and it just fits with like the life I want to have of like having this assistant do all that, like um, being able to like go out and travel, like the money is like consistent and it just like allows me to like enjoy my life. So Although I'm really like my day-to-day life of reselling again is literally non-existent. I'm I probably work right now maybe like three hours a week on like reselling, maybe three, four if I have to do more shipping first of my assistant. Um, because I'm pretty much just listing two items a day and I have those drafted. Um, that's pretty much it. So I mean, because I'll do some other reselling stuff that's like I was like, tomorrow, I'm going to go to the buy, sell, trade store to get rid of my own stuff. So I don't know if that's really classified and maybe I'll do some shopping when I'm there, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, everything's like really chill. And hopefully when I get to continue those processes in place, it'll be like really mellow as well. I was going to say, it sounds very like hands-off, right? Like, sure, I'll yeah. source the things, but like, I don't really want to touch the product if I don't have to. I can go do my thing. I have someone who can come and take care of everything. And 
my only real priority is to make sure the stuff sells. So I got to buy the right things to put on there. Yeah. Kind of what I envision too. I mean, I already kind of do that too. And I'm in the same boat as you. If I do reselling work right now, I would say I'm dedicating anywhere between, if we're counting sourcing, then um, five to eight hours a week. That's it. When I say mm-hmm. part-time, like extremely part-time. It's very part-time. It's not even, that's one shift at a retail store. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like that's about what I'm doing and I'm still able to hit the numbers that I need to hit because I've refined everything so much. It doesn't happen overnight. Like I'm sure there are people who are listening who are newer. They're like, I want to get to that point. Please make your mistakes and do all the things first. You got to get it out of your system sometimes because it's just, yes. you get so overwhelmed with information. There's no like one right way to do it. There's no secret recipe. Like you have to do it this one way and then you're going to see success in terms of like product. That's not how it works. And it all depends on like what your overall goal is. What is it that you really want from, from reselling? I think that's like the number one question you have to ask yourself. Yes. And for you, it's, I want to have the extra capital to go and enjoy my life and do the things that I really want to do with my, you know, with my time. And for someone else, it could be, I got to create, I got any extra money because my mortgage went up and I need that extra money to put towards my mortgage or I got to start paying for daycare. And now Mm -hmm. I need to make sure that I make enough of that. Like everyone's why is so different. And I think when you put that why to the forefront, it really opens up your mind as to what you really need to do to create that successful business for yourself. Cause it's so different for each person. That's why I hate that word. Like I hate the word success because it means a different thing to each person. We were talking about this before, like the term wealth, wealth, success, all of those words mean something so different to each individual. And my idea of wealth could be, I don't know, $2 million a year where for the next person it's, I just want to, hit 50k a year and I'll I'll be fine or I just need to hit 25k a year and that covers all the things that I need to cover or for some other people it's like I just really enjoy doing this and it's my hobby and I really love it and I feel fulfilled doing it like it doesn't have to be the same for each person which is the beauty of having your own business and being in e-commerce mm-hmm. and that's why I think I, like and that's why I really enjoyed my own like self-development journey is because like through all that it's so important for everyone to remember is like you never want to identify your version of success. Never let someone else convince you that their idea of success is better. You know, you have to really truly know yourself and not just be, you know, swept into someone else without having like a true reason why. Like sure you can change your idea of success and whatnot, um, but be be able to understand like the why of it. Like before, when I think back to when I was making a ton of money, it was like, my my why was really just like to make a ton of money but like I I guess that can be your uh, like a why but I, I I don't know I just worked on myself so much and it's like I don't truly believe that but that's like the best like reason of why like I think it's great to have like other things beyond that I think it's great to like reflect on life a little bit more and think as to why you're developing such a sense of monetary goals for that um and identify you know what does that money pay for like what does that mm-hmm. mean for you does that achieve the happiness you know where do you get happiness for there's like I don't know there's just so many more things um to life and stuff and so being able to see you know really truly identify yourself and how your reselling goals fit in with that um and that just helped me so much into becoming like a little bit more happier um, with my life, my business, even as it continues to like not be making as much money. Yeah, but it's still it's still making money, which I think is just a testament to like you be being a good business person, being able to source the right things, and you know just get those right items into your closet. That okay, you may not be making as much, but you're still able to make something that's extra from your full time income. Yeah, well, I will say July, I straight up almost didn't make anything, like, to be quite honest. Um, but you were just really because selling in July, were you? Office. I know, not really, but, like, <laughs> even just, I'll be quite honest, just so, like, everyone knows, like, I mean, my, like, July, my January, February, March, like, it, like I thought that was bad, but that was actually good compared to where, like, June and July have been. Also, mostly when I, look like, because I consider, like, you know, what I have and everything after expenses, and I have, like, 
a lot of expenses. I mean, with my um, office, like, you know, ends up, yeah. I end up having about like $2,800 of expenses. And so when I'm only making, if I'm making like $4,000 profit, I'm end up with like 1200, then I have to pay taxes mm-hmm. on that. And it's like, wow, I pretty much barely made anything. Um, so I can also, I cannot wait to have those, that office be gone and just have that extra. I was paying like with kind of everything, everything involved in that is about like sixteen, seventeen hundred dollars $1,700. So to be able to like have that, like that's a lot. My pocket. I mean, that's a I mortgage know, I, to some people. I know. I literally had like, I was going eight months without even using the office. So I was like paying it without even like using it. So it's, I'm so happy to like be done with that. Um, but long story short, yeah. Uh, so hopefully we're getting getting it back on track to be making a little bit more. But <laughs> if anyone's going through issues of like not making money, um, don't worry. I mean, I went from like I think back to where I was making, you know, like one month made like fourteen thousand dollar profit, and it's like okay, now I'm at like a thousand dollars. Like that is a big change. So it's okay though. The ebbs and flows. It it does and. I think this segues perfect into like what the whole community is talking about right now, where it's like some people are making amazing sales and some people are making literally nothing and they haven't changed anything. And I think that's, there's so many factors. Like we can't pinpoint it to like one specific thing. And I think people need to remember that. Um, I think that you have platforms like eBay and Poshmark who are testing a lot of different products right now mm-hmm. for themselves, whether it's pay-per-click, dynamic ads, whatever it is, there's these new things that they're pushing out that they're testing. And I do think it's affecting a lot of people, especially if you're not buying into the program, right? Like this, that's just mm-hmm. the way that it works. If you're not going to buy into the program, well, then you're not going to see what these other people are going to see. Um, then there's some people that are trying it and testing it and they're still not seeing anything. I think there's more to it. I think it has a lot to do with items, products, what's selling on the platform. Like there's deeper conversations that go into that. And then you have people who were doing great on live selling and now they're not doing as well anymore. You have people who are seeing so much success on live sales. I just think there's so many factors that just didn't exist even three years ago. They just weren't there. And it was easier really to make sales then. Now we have, we have more sellers. There's no way around it. One thing that the pandemic did was give us more sellers. People need ways to make money. People need to find other ways to supplement income. Groceries are really expensive. People turn to online selling. That's just what happens. It's harder to find good inventory for a whole host of reasons. Stores have gotten smarter. Stores are pulling certain items and selling them online themselves. Maybe they have, I don't know, an eBay presence. Maybe they have their own, like Goodwill has their own online auction site. Like Mm -hmm. it's not the same. Um, there are certain brands, mm, I think Madewell is one of them, where you can send them like a bag filled of Madewell jeans and you get credit to buy new clothes on their website. Like businesses are savvy now. So it makes it harder to do things the way that we did just a couple of years ago. And I'm sure you felt the same things I've felt it, and I've had to change literally everything about how I do reselling to be able to reach the audience I need to reach. And I got to play the game. Like it just, it's a part of it. I'm in the uh, Poshmark promoted beta closet thing and it's working for me. I I have my theories as to why it's working for me. I think the product that I have makes a difference. I think the way that I maybe approach negotiations, the way that I kind of run my business, being an established seller, like I think all of that plays into it. And I have a very specific group of people that will come into my closet. And I purposely source certain things to get certain people into my closet, even if the profit is not what I want it to be. But I know that it brings a new demographic in. Like I've had to become very savvy. And I'm just curious, like what your perspective is on all of the people that are struggling. Cause there's some really like big sellers that are struggling out there that were once, I mean, making so much money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm I'm one of them, but and <laughs> but I, you've I changed do, things though. You yeah, changed that's, that's things. I also remind myself, like I literally, like I used to list, like at one point I was listing like ten to fifteen new items a day, right? Like I that's am a lot. Literally not listing, and not just not listing. When you think about twenty twenty three, I mean, there was a point in time I wasn't listing anything. I don't think I've listed. I probably counted times on my hand, maybe two, like four hands that I listed more than five items a day. So it's been kind of like a overarching like month to month, you know, thing for me that has caused a decrease. 
which I recognize that. And so I'm fine with that. But I also do recognize that also like last year, not last year, two years ago when I was moving into my office and I was very busy because I was moving in, I was only lifting two items a day and I still made like ten dollars $11,000 profit by not doing any work. So times definitely do go into that as well, just with how the economy is. And yeah. I think it's just like important to remember that like, that's just like the world we live in. Like so many other businesses are like hit as well due to it and I think it's important to, to look at other ways to like if you be if you're changing up your business or if it's not taking um quick enough to kind of be making that money like look at other ways that's why I'm like looking at basic marketplace like selling things that you know I just like stuff around my place that I don't use anymore or just are sitting you know um I do think I I don't know like that I'm, I'm always so optimistic about the reselling um area I do think t- times will change and go back as well yeah um, I think it might, it might take a while um I think reselling and like the secondhand market is always going to be there I do believe more and more people will continue to go to it to find clothes and stuff you know it's all we always talk about, about this it's always changing it's always important to um, make pivots in your business and act accordingly. Um, but I think at any level, whether you've been selling for a long time or not a long time, and you're seeing these really high decreases to like know that you're not alone. And, it, you know, even if you're doing everything, like it may not be you, uh, maybe take, maybe just be even more, more critical and see what you can make in changes of your business. Um, even beyond what you might be seeing, maybe ask somebody else they can like even just like an outsider point of view to like look at your closet see if they would actually want something to shop or like if you like we're looking at my closet like would you think it's like too expensive not because of my pricing but because of where you're at in life like as a buyer you know what I mean right um just to like get that perspective but uh, I've gotten so many dms about it about so many people that have been like you know I'm making a quarter of what I've been making before it's so freaking normal right now um, so I think just, it can be really hard, especially if you're not really knowing that like everyone else is in, in the same boat, even like high sellers to know that like that's normal. And I think it's really good for everyone to normalize that right now and to just share that information because again, I'm making like less than a quarter of what I had made before, um, selling the same type of stuff. Again, yes, I haven't been working as much, but like that's kind of just like where I'm at. So, yeah. um, a lot of people are experiencing it. Yeah, and they, I just think there's so many outside factors. Take the platforms away. I just, there's a lot of factors that are going on in the world, and it could be factors of the consumer that they're not able to buy things like they once were, or maybe people are doing kind of like what you're doing, which I know is a fact is, well, I can travel now. So I'm traveling everywhere and I don't want to be buying things, right? So, like, especially right now, um, I don't know if people know this, but July and August are big. European traveling months especially August most European Europeans have August off so they rotate some have July off some have August off um and they're off for three weeks so some people enjoy traveling during that time and here in in America and they go to all these different places because Mm -hmm. it's just it's just something to experience you get to meet all these different people and I just think so, 2020 and 2021 taught people a lot of things about um what's more what's the most important thing in life and now that people are able to go out and have these experiences why not do it because yeah. who knows what can happen tomorrow exactly I know I'm experiencing it like now that I can travel like Bali was the first place I went internationally since COVID and now I'm just like oh my god I like kind of forgot that I can travel internationally or I was kind of like I don't know why I had this like kind of concern for a little bit just because I hadn't been in a long time. It wasn't yeah. like forefront of mine. And now that it's kind of everyone's talking about it. It's like all over TikTok. Everyone's talking about at least I'm saying it maybe because I just am all about traveling now. It's like everyone's talking about no, like, but it's true. recommendations for Europe. Mm-hmm. Um and just like everywhere else. And so everyone's just like going out. Um so yeah, that it is huge. I mean, I I know summer slowdown has always been like a thing I've honestly the past years didn't really experiencing it too much um this is kind of the first year I'm experiencing it and it could it could be like you said because people are just you know going out and traveling in addition to you know it's like oh I don't have that like with the economy I have to be you know a little bit more budget friendly but I want to travel so let's put more of our efforts toward traveling you know so um and 
going back to kind of what we talked about, you talked about before about the promoted listings is, you know, I'm the platforms I think do their changes are, you know, going into it. I just got into the beta of their promoted listings and I noticed a change. And I know you've talked about this as well too, about needing more insights. Like I, I'm like, what's the point of this freaking interface? There's like, no point to the dashboard. Yes. <laughs> like, Thank you. Thank you. There's no point to that. Okay. If you're listening to this and you're going by the dashboard, please don't go by your own data and numbers. Do not go by that I've dashboard. Had like, I've had like, okay. Like I've had full price sales and like, um, really good offers. And I'm like, out of nowhere, I have like, haven't had good offers and let alone, like I've had two full price sales in the past two weeks. And I was like, Oh my God, like this has to be from promoted listing. I'm going to go check out in the dashboard. And it's like, that one sale wasn't included in like the information mm-hmm. about it. I was like, there's no way that this wasn't from some kind of something with a promoted listing. So I do think that the promoted listing, um, like at least being a part of it and stuff like that is like super helpful. My sales haven't like gone up a ton, but I think I remember when I posted about it when I was in Bali, I had like, um, I was asleep and I woke up and I had like three, no, I had four like really good offers. I was like, click, 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 click. Um, and I was like, this, again, this has to be from it. And I wasn't in it before and my sales were awful. So I do think, especially if I encourage anyone who's not in the beta to, to join it and also start considering it, it, you know, it kind of sucks having to consider now having an additional expense in order to sell your items. But again, that's kind of where we're at right now. So I will continue to look into that as a way to help my sales. But I think it's so, that's why it's kind of nice selling items that like give you higher profit because, you know, if you having to put away, let's say, you know, they, let's, they have like that $40, right? $40. Right. And so you need to make like, let's say, I don't know, let's say you need to make like four sales to make up that $40 versus if you're selling higher profit items, you might need like a third of an item of a sale right. to like right. make up that money. So it's like right. a lot more worth it um, in order to do it. So it's easier to be like, Oh yeah, I'm going to do that when you have the type of closets that are selling higher profits. And I think it's, you bring us up like, it's so nice to hear someone, I should say, that sees it the same way that I see it because so many people don't see it that way, Ashley. Like so many people are just looking at it for what it is. Like this is the dashboard. I paid $30. I had so many clicks, but I've made zero promoted listing sales. So my question to people is always, well, how many, did you make more sales compared to when you weren't in the beta program? And the answer is usually yes. So you need to consider those sales as as part of the promoted closet, even mm-hmm. though it's not on there because so the way that, I mean, I, I feel like I beat this with, you know to the ground, but it promoted closet is an ad and someone may have clicked on that ad and it brought them to your closet, but they don't want to buy that item. They just thought it was really nice. And they just want to see what else that you have. Kind of like when you get ads, like banner ads, and you click on it sometimes Mm -hmm. because it looks intriguing, but you're not buying that one product that came up. Like you're kind of browsing around. That person that was browsing, clicked on that item, came to your closet and found something else that they liked. Where Poshmark is lacking is, I don't know that. They don't give me anything to show me that But, but the assumption is that's how I made that sale. And I don't, you'll see this maybe, but a lot of my sales are from people who just buy or like they've been in the app since like 2012 and they buy on occasion or it's a Google person. Like they're not, they're not the type of buyers that I had before, which is very Mm -hmm. interesting to me. A lot of them don't really have profiles. They don't have photos. Like it's very interesting to see the type of people that are coming into my closet and then the re- reviews that they're leaving are you could totally tell that like they just have shopped on different platforms before and now maybe uh-huh. they're just coming to Poshmark to get things so it's just it's very interesting to to see it all play out but I'm glad that you're seeing success with it because I was in the same boat where like January February March I thought were really really bad but then April May June was like and I was like, oh, oh, guess January, February, March was not that bad then in comparison. Yeah, right. I'm like, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. And like, when I look at it now, I'm like, oh my, what was I complaining about then? This was yeah. great. Like April and May, pennies in comparison, pennies. And then June, I got into the beta program because I had the four week um, beta. Mm, okay. I got in at the end of June 
And that's when it all changed. But it takes, I want to like, just keep it in mind, guys. Like it takes that full two to three weeks to really start to see things happening. I'm excited then. I'm, I'm like only in like a week and a half. Yeah, and you're already seeing results, so that's good. Like, I want to say that first week I started to see results, and then the second week it started to ramp up. And then since then, it's like I honestly don't feel like I need to do half the things I did before because it's bringing people to my closet without me having to do as much work, which is what pay per click is, right? Like, if yeah, you're putting out a Google ad, that's that's what it's supposed to do. Um, so yeah, but I think our closets are very similar, and that's helpful in this program yeah Yeah. no I I feel like when you talk about the different kind of buyers I've like noticed that especially when I considered like those offers that came in I feel like right now on the platform it's like I don't know I either have like those like really like reasonable or full price sales or I have the people like begging me to lower the price (laughs) it's like no in between I've had so many people like you could just tell the people that are like so into just like price matching into like lowballing yep. or you have the people that are just like sending like offers for like five dollars off <laughs> or like something like that and I'm yep, glad I got I a super reasonable yeah I I got a super reasonable offer the other day the item was priced at 175 and they sent me an offer for 161 basically to offset shipping and taxes for them and I was like yeah sure yeah. like I'm not yeah. even gonna think twice about that but then yesterday I had three offers all at 75% off of my listing price. And I do think we see a lot more of that now because of life selling on the platform because people are just so used to like, well, this person's selling a very similar thing for 10 to $15. Why am I going to pay 50 for yours? Mm -hmm. You know, there is a lot of that that goes on. Yeah. Or even just like, I mean, I have so many, like I had one or it kind of is, I haven't sold yet. So it's kind of current. Somebody was like, oh my gosh, you know, like this sold for you know, this price. And I was just hoping to get something like close to it. Like, no, I don't, I'm not Walmart. I don't price match. Like yeah. don't come to me like with that. Like I don't yes. sell based off yes. that. Like, no. So yeah. And I just have been dealing a lot with that just because I feel like that does happen a lot when you deal with higher price items, you know, people just like, you know, they see it sold for a certain price before and they're just like, well, I want it for this price. Well, sorry. It also sold for like $300 more than that too. Can you price match that? Like, right. So. Exactly. I hate when, well, I shouldn't say hate. I strongly dislike when people do that. They're like, well, this sold on Farfetch for $65. That's when it was super discounted at like 80% off. And it was like an extra, extra small. <laughs> I was going to so. say that. It was not your size. This is a large. Exactly. New tags. So, yeah. There's, I feel like if, if, if someone doesn't like sell that kind of items, like that happens all the time with more of the expensive items, but. Yeah, I'm really excited for it to see where the promoted closet goes. I'm kind of been, you know, tinkering with like how much I want to be putting into it, especially if it is, um, and you know, because at this point too, like I can see a lot of people being a little bit more discerning with it or like not wanting to put in a lot of money. So it's like, well, if I put in more money, then that gives me a little bit of an advantage. So I'm trying to figure out what I want to do with that. This is where our brain I don't is fully very know similar. How it works necessarily? Who does? So I'm- I'm like, so I don't really know, like, if that really does anything. I don't, I don't really know. So, yeah, I guess we'll figure it out. I still have to get a ticket to Postra. So, if anyone's listening to this and has an extra ticket, wants to sell it to me, I'm in the market. Um, but I, because I kind of hope they do talk about that at Postra, which I'm sure I they hope will, so. I mean, it's the biggest thing that they've launched this year. Yeah. Even though exactly. it's in beta. So I would assume they'll give a better overview. I've talked to them over the last couple of months and, they're definitely being receptive to feedback. They understand that they're lacking in a lot of areas. Um, I just don't know if they have the manpower to do what we want right now. And it's beta. Yeah. So like, there's so many things that happen on the back end that like, they're never going to show us so and we're never going to know. And it's right? so complicated. There's so many things. It is. Into it. it is. And like, we're asking them to give us what Google gives us. That's asking for a lot for a company <laughs> who's not eBay, so or Google yeah. for that matter. So, um, but I think they are they are working on it. I just think that they hide behind the scenes a little bit with this kind of stuff, where they really should come out and be more vocal, especially when you're coming out with such like a. It's a program that you have to dedicate money and time to, and you have to just ride yeah. the wave of it, and that's a big ask. 
But at least it is good, at least, that they have, like, the free trial, at least. Yeah, and it I is. Think that so it, I think everyone should do the free trial. And if yeah, you why don't not? think it's going to work for you, then don't. But it's free. <laughs> so just do it. Yeah. You know? But also it's important uh, to remember, because I didn't fully know this. Um, it's like, not, and you'll figure it out. But if you're not in the beta program, you do have to, like, stop it. Or else it, like, automatically starts yeah. charging you for, like, the $40. So if you didn't know that already, just make sure you cancel because i did not really think about that but yeah i would cancel and like screenshot it just in case they charge you so you can be like no i canceled it on this day because listen i don't trust them so (laughs) yeah no offense it's probably not their fault but yeah it it could happen yeah it's probably a glitch within their system but i have heard people that tried to cancel and or they have canceled it but then they got charged when um, it went through so i'm sure there's some type of glitch with the beta itself um that causes that to happen so just protect yourself and screenshot yeah, it and put smart. it in there um so before we end because i want to be mindful of your time what does the future look like for ashley like what does reselling look like we'll say in the next year because i think so many things are going to change for you over the upcoming five years so like in the next year what's the goal what are things going to look like for you what can we expect from you Mm-hmm. So I think I hinted on it already. So I'm not going to like totally repeat it about like what I want my process to be um, yeah. moving forward, what I want to start like listing, how I want to get the help to do that. Um, so with all that in place, I want to continue keeping my time in my life in order to do other things. So that's kind of how I want my business to be. Um, I am digging a lot more into like community. That's something. And honestly, the card reader, that was like literally where you said most of my time. Um, so I, at least in like the Dallas area, I like started a group um, where, and I was like in Bali right before I did this. So um, I haven't been able, we haven't been able to do anything, but I want to do like a monthly like coffee and thrift trips and like a monthly like dinner just to like get to know more of the people here or for people that like are new to reselling or feel like they haven't connected with anyone in the Dallas area but are kind of like afraid to like reach out to people trying to like giving people that opening and stuff like that um so I want to like start that here in Dallas and if there's like any way I can like expand that like that's something I'd be interested in um I'm actually over on TikTok a little bit more um so I've kind of I'm kind of like trying to put like more tips and stuff like that on TikTok and maybe put a couple things like on Instagram I usually keep up with like my Instagram stories but I just haven't like been posting a lot of reels or anything like that um a lot of my content is just going to be more kind of geared toward just like um I've kind of like gotten away from like tips and I think that's really common when you've been on Instagram for a long time because you're just like I've shared all this stuff already like what <laughs> right, great like right. you know what I mean like how do I yeah. like what about you get to a point like what do I need to put out so I'm kind of embracing just like going back to almost like my starts of like basic tips um not that I'm going to keep things basic but just to like allow myself that space to make sure I'm like helping other people because sometimes I get into a point of like I've literally shared everything from like basic to um advance or something like right and right, so I get right. to a point of like I don't know what to post so I'm kind of opening myself up just to like all type of tips again but um if you follow me on Instagram at recall collection on there I'm trying to like do more about that and also um kind of just like share like even some travel stuff and whatnot so yeah that's kind of where I hope to be I still want to be like present active I've just been going through like periods and sometimes I find that like um the so I'm not normally like a very sherry person on social media. It is something I have to remember to do. So it doesn't necessarily come naturally to me. And um, so that's why sometimes I can fall off easily. Um, but I do like to continue to try to be engaging, just be engaged in the community with others. So but that's kind of where I've fallen off, especially as I'm working on myself and putting my efforts toward things I want to do. It just it's been a little sporadic the past you know, years. So I'm trying to get better about that. Um, the, the card reader also said that in terms of like um, sharing, he talked about how I should be sharing my like feelings and inspiring people through feelings more. So that's where I'm trying to, the, the angle I'm trying to come from versus an area of like ego and numbers and stuff like that. So yeah, I just want to be able to spread the positivity and spread. Um, I just want to like get rid of, I want to like I guess what do they call it? De-influencing the hustle culture. You know what I mean? Um, and remind people that like, that's not the most important thing. So that's like, kind of like the center of like what I want um, 
to be seen from me moving forward. It's very zen. And even the way that you talk is just so different. It's so, <laughs> uh-huh. it really is. But it's like, I mean, you're still who you are, right? And you're yeah. still the girl that I've known over the last few years. But it's just, it, you can just tell. As someone who has known you for a few years, you can uh-huh. just tell that you're just in a, a different place and you're happy. Mm. And I think that's great. Like change sometimes is just needed, no matter what that looks like for each person. And like you said, you're not going anywhere. You're just changing the way that you're doing things. And maybe the content won't be always related to reselling. Lord knows mine isn't because I could care less about posting that kind of content now. Like, okay, great. And the other thing too, Instagram changes their rules all the time. You can't even post a brand anymore. You get knocked off the the platform. So I don't want to fall into that boat. Um, But, you know, I, I think when you can share advice and share tips, people love it. And then when you can add in the, like, the realness of just life, people really, really appreciate that too, because it makes you more human. Mm -hmm. And there's just a beauty about it. But thank you so much for being open and honest and sharing how life has been for you and, you know, admitting to faults and admitting to things that you want to improve and be better at, because it's just a nice reflection that I think we all need to do from time to time and it's nice to hear from um, figures in the community who people look up to and and just to see the realness that exists within the human it's not just what you see on social media there's so much more to the people than just what you see on these reels and tiktoks and posts and videos and all of that Mm -hmm. I appreciate it I appreciate you giving me a space to like share everything since always. I haven't really been sharing as much, but I, I love it. You guys' podcast is so good. I always listen to it. So just know you guys well, are so good. Thank you. <laughs> and we always appreciate your support. You are one of our number ones. And um, I guess one of the things that I'll end on is, um, for those who are listening, our podcast has started to reach people in just like the fashion space, which is wild. Um, yeah, we've had a few people reach out that were like, just searching for fashion related content and we're popping up um I love that. we've had a couple of like influencers reach out to us a couple haven't like aligned with what we want to put on the podcast but there's mm-hmm. one in particular who I think we might have on we just kind of have to ask a few more questions and see if it fits but um they're thrifty and they have a tiktok presence and they're a mom and and I think it would be a good fit so it's like it's just crazy how things evolve over time and something that was just kind of geared more towards resellers and tips and tricks has turned into so much more. So you never know who you're influencing or I don't, I don't like that mm-hmm. word, who you are inspiring, inspiring. Is a yes, word, that's a good word um, out there and who's listening to your content or watching your content or any of that. So thank you to everyone who supports us because that means a lot because somehow our podcast is getting in front of people that we never thought it would. <laughs> Y'all deserve it. You really do. Oh, thank you. We we work really hard on it. We do. But okay, that's it for this episode because Ashley and I could sit here and talk forever and I'm sure she has other things she wants to do with her time besides talk to me. Um, but Jen and I will be back next week um, I'm debating. I don't know if this is going to happen or not. So do not quote me on this, but we might release two episodes coming up in the upcoming weeks, like on a, the regular Monday and then maybe like at the end of the week. So that we can take a week off and not post anything, but stay tuned. We don't know what we're going to do yet with that, but we've got lots of good content coming your way. Our year is booked. (laughs) We have like some spaces in a couple of months. So we're super excited to close out the year with you guys. Just crazy to even think about. It's going to be Christmas before we even know. I can't believe it, honestly. (laughs) August is almost halfway done. Okay. Well, that's it. I'm going to stop talking now. Bye everyone. (laughs) Bye.